Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems of all races and subclasses, welcome to This Dungeon is Occupied podcast. My name is Illidine, and together with Thorne, as your occupying story weavers, we w- wish to help you as players and dungeon masters from the aspiring to the veteran with questions and ideas for the next tabletop role-playing game experience. In this episode, we will discuss what the heck is alignment and why we suggest using it. Uh, so for starters, uh, just because we're a, uh, we lean heavily on the Dungeons and Dragons side, uh, I will give a small disclaimer. Uh, I am going to read um, the definition of alignment as Wizards of the Coast says it in the Dungeons and Dragons 5th uh, edition Player's Handbook on page 122 under the section alignment. It is not our property. It is the property of Wizards of the Coast. Don't hate me, don't sue me. So, (laughs) So it says, a typical creature in the worlds of Dungeons and Dragons has an alignment which broadly describes its moral and personal attitudes. Alignment is a combination of two factors, one that identifies morality, good, evil, or neutral, and the other describes attitudes towards society and order, lawful, chaotic, or neutral. Thus, nine distinct alignments define the possible combinations, and those combinations are as follows. Lawful good, neutral good, chaotic good, lawful neutral, neutral, chaotic neutral, lawful evil, neutral evil, and chaotic evil. I'm not going to read uh the descriptions of those just yet we might get into it um we're going to kind of paraphrase but again that's player's handbook page 122 was is the coast property trademarked and registered <laughs> so <laughs> i just you know cover all the bases um exactly. so essentially you know as it said in the first paragraph alignment is just morality and your personal attitudes towards things um as human beings in the real world as we call it um we have some kind of moral compass most of us anyway uh on what is good and what is not good or what is right and what is wrong uh or any other kind of verbiage you want to use uh for that it's a yes or a no can i do this or can i not do this in society And just like in the real world, there's all kinds of rules and laws that help denote some of those things, but sometimes the laws are a little askewed, sometimes they're not. We're not going to get into the political nonsense about it, Um, but for tabletop games, a lot of uh, systems use the alignment system. We have Dungeons & Dragons, uh, Warhammer, FRP, uh, the old um star wars uh, rpg uh use alignment specifically they just word it a little differently uh but other systems like world of darkness they don't use alignment specifically like good versus evil um they uh they use behavior and demeanor and then stuff yeah. like uh um uh what's another one uh dc heroes um, uses motivation uh, and so you can either be Marvel, I think the Marvel RPG uses a, a basic alignment type thing too yeah it's something like along the lines of heroic and villainous 
Um, yes. And, you know, like video games use uh, like Skyrim and the Fallout series. They all use something like if you steal something, there's consequences and the, the city will uh, be a little bit more uh, hostile to you the more you do things that are considered not good. Um, but in the terms of tabletop role playing games um, like Dungeons and Dragons and World of Darkness, um, how do you, Thorn, use alignment? Should we use alignment? Uh, I honestly think it's a good use of alignment. For new players, it gives you a starting point. It gives you a basis of an attitude, of a way your character reacts to things, of a way your character acts towards people. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really good to use it. But as you get further along in your, your RPG career, so to speak, mm -hmm. you know, I've been playing tabletop RPGs for off and on for 30 years. Um, to me, it's just a basis because yeah. like human beings, not every situation is black and white. So there's things that you can go either way on. And for you fleshing uh, story weavers out there, it's also flexible mm -hmm. and can be changed. Yeah. And that brings us to a, a good point. Uh, a lot of times, especially in the D&D &D community, um, and you know don't don't get upset with the next sentence that i say listeners um but a lot of times uh the alignment gets askewed um and it it gets very um hard set and i think that's why a lot of people don't like alignment or don't care about it but realistically you know like when you think of chaotic evil you're thinking liches you're thinking chromatic dragons um and demon lords things like that that in a society you know especially western culture that deals with demons and stuff like that that is like the epitome of evil but realistically on page 122 of the wizards of the coast property uh chaotic evil is just creatures that act with arbitrary violence spurred by their greed hatred or bloodlust. um and then it gives us a, a an example of demons red dragons and orcs are chaotic evil now my first con uh concept or uh i can't even think argument uh i guess for lack of a better word that i can't think of at the moment orcs i've played an orc character before and i wasn't chaotic evil we have people who play half orcs that aren't chaotic evil um and our our npc of the week was a half orc that wasn't chaotic correct. Evil. <laughs> um so, you know, it, it's kind of, you know, it, people say like, oh, well, evil, like they, they put this hard black and white onto it. And like you said, Thorne, like it's not all black and white. I mean, the definition that I read just now, like all it is, is that they're inherently more apt to violence and they're more apt to being spurred by their greed or their hate or their bloodlust. But if you look at berserkers or barbarians or anything like that, they have bloodlust all the time. So it's like, are they really evil? And that's where you get into those moral and political dilemmas that I don't necessarily want to tackle right now. <laughs> um, I mean, and here, let, let's put it like this. Like, for me, for example, I prefer neutral characters because that gives me the leeway to do whatever I want. Uh -huh. And... I, I truly prefer chaotic neutral characters because I like to infuse 
any kind of chaos in any situation I can because it makes for good RP. Yeah. So that's the characters I lean towards. Uh, but it doesn't always have to be like that. Like I've made neutral characters that by the end of the arc or the end of the campaign, they're actually like lawful neutral because of the things I did. Right. It doesn't have to be such a, a stringent, strict guide to follow. It just gives you a starting off one. Yeah. And the other argument is that it's not set in stone either. Uh, exactly. We had three, I think three characters in total uh, in arc one of my campaign that they moved back and forth on the alignment scale. Uh, and it was just something to kind of help that player um, get an idea of how to role play their character. And that's why, you know, you hit it on the head earlier. Um, for newer players, just having that little um, two word line, oh, I'm I'm chaotic evil or I'm chaotic good, you know, and what does that mean? Knowing that, you know how to personify your character. Um, but after after a while especially you know thorn and i who have played a lot we pick an alignment sure but we're not going to just hard hit that alignment you know like uh like second edition paladins were <laughs> uh with the lawful good yeah. um we're okay. not going to hit it that hard <laughs> you know um, during second edition i never played a paladin yeah no <laughs> i didn't play cleric either True. Yeah, and that's true. Do it. I think that that's that's a big thing that we, you know, it's the the one political thing that I will get into is that if you are playing a fantasy game with a fantasy pantheon or even a real world pantheon uh, that is different to um, the monotheistic and Abrahamic religions, you have to start thinking about what your character is thinking, not what you as a player thinks about good and evil if you're playing a character that believes in grumsh the orc god and you know grumsh is this chaotic evil god that uh, that hoards itself or lords itself over uh, all of the orc kingdoms you can't think of it as if it's some other god in the real world pantheons whether it be uh, the Catholic God or the Jewish God or, you know, Buddhist, not God, you know, um, you can't, you can't put that onto a fantasy game. You have to look at it as the lore that has been written, you know, if, especially if you're using like Dungeons and Dragons, like we're alluding to, if you're going to use Dr Dungeons and Dragons pantheons, use that lore, use how they're written to be, how the gods have been written to be in that lore. Agree, exactly. Well, <laughs> no, I agree completely. Uh, and and the, the big word in the whole thing is fantasy. Yes. It could be whatever you want. And you're going to have really basically two types of players. You're going to have a player that, that looks at that alignment and is very strict towards it. Very strict towards it. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Some people find comfort in that. It lets them get into their character easier. That's fine. But you're also, and I, I actually, I don't know about you, but I find this more on the lines of realistic. There's more players that will flex that alignment 
uh, as they play because it's like I said, it, it, to be to be in, in life and to live, you're not going to be able to follow that strict guideline. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And especially, so, it depends on the DM as well, not just the players, because as a DM myself, when I'm uh, doing something in my campaign, I love to give my players moral dilemmas. I like to see what the player thinks and what the player thinks their character will do in these situations because it can be polar opposites if you're you know for instance in raven's campaign thorn and i are have a criminal background we uh, go into this cave and this guy is screaming for help well my flaw for that character is that i don't do anything for free so he's screaming for help and i say how much gold do you have i wouldn't do that in the real world you know, um, <laughs> I would hope not. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we we don't just walk down alleys and, and you know, just like, hey, what, what kind of gold you got? Yeah, I could help you. That's cool. But in the game, specifically, that's what I did for that character. Um, and that's something that you have to, I guess, come to grips with is that you're you're not your character <laughs> for the most part. Yes, sometimes. Uh, newer players will make characters that are very, very similar to themselves, but you're still living in this fantasy world. You have no idea how you would deal with a level eight wizard thrusting a fireball in your face. Just, you know, use the dodge action. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a tip. <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Uh, when it comes to the alignment, uh, Everybody has a favorite. You're going to get to know your players. That's one thing, like we said before, the, the last episode about Session Zero, you get to know your players and you find out what kind of thing, what their alignment is. And sometimes you have players that play what they are themselves. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of new players want to play themselves. Uh, and then you get players like me who want to play a local friend. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's... Getting to know your players, getting to those alignments, and, and finally figuring out those alignments aren't exactly set in stone. Right. That, that's the biggest thing I want. Any player that come away from who listens to this, if you're a Patreon subscriber, I thank you, that alignments are there for guidance. They're not set in stone. And that's the way I feel about it. I don't know about you, but that's the way I feel about it. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a more fluid system than everybody seems to to put on it you know in in any tabletop not just dungeons and dragons because uh think about uh your campaign in worlds of darkness uh forest has a flaw that he is always looking for a lady friend so anytime that he goes into uh a city or a town or whatever he's always you know hey is there a is there a pretty lady or is there uh a brothel or anything like that and that's that's a flaw that he plays to, uh, but it doesn't necessarily make him strictly an evil character or, or something like that. It's more uh, he came up with a flaw uh, or rolled the dice on a flaw uh, chart, whatever, and he has a virtue and he just plays to those in the situations that are given. And I think that that's also another way that we could use alignment is if 
and if you were going to do away with alignment, this is the only way that I think you could possibly do it and um, be okay in a campaign is if there is a system for flaws and virtues, whether it be the world of darkness, uh, behavior and demeanors or whatever, um, and, or literally flaws and ideals in uh, Dungeons and Dragons and personality traits. If you, if you fill those boxes in, because I feel like sometimes on a player, char a player character sheet, it doesn't get filled in. But on the, I think it's the second page, on the far right-hand side, there's player traits or personality traits, ideals, and flaws. Fill those in and then play to those instead of an alignment. I think that would work well. But that's also just helping you flesh out your character just a little bit more and that to me is all alignment is it, it helps you flesh out your character yeah and and to be honest if you just look at those those alignments there's a lot of different definitions and a lot of different ways you can look at them and take them because not everybody's gonna look at them the same way right and uh so you got you know lawful upstanding citizen you know that's what i think that that, that I think when, when I hear lawful, it's an upstanding citizen. Somebody mm -hmm. that follows the law no matter what. Uh, I mean, neutral, true neutral, that's a given. Everybody knows that's basically just, you know, what's in it for me. Plain and simple. Yeah. Uh, and the, the chaotic, chaotic doesn't mean evil. No. Chaotic means unpredictable. Right. Which is personally why I like it because I can be very unpredictable. <laughs> that's yeah. the type of player play. But that's all it means is that if you're chaotic, it doesn't mean you're bad. It doesn't mean you're good. It just means you're unpredictable. Yeah, and that is something that you do have to. You know, we say it a lot in a lot of our episodes: is look to your players and look at the table and see if if there's somebody who's uncomfortable with a certain thing. Um, and I think of an instance where I was playing a satyr, a chaotic good satyr, but he was very religious. And so when his God said, oh, the key out of this maze is this, uh, this liar's heart, you could take his heart. I said, okay. And I shot an arrow. <laughs> there was no moral dilemma for me. It was my God told me to take this guy's heart. I'm going to do it. But that's very chaotic. And some people don't necessarily play well with that. Um, so that's something that, you know, you just have to look, at, uh, look back on and uh, either decide whether it's appropriate to retcon that decision and move on, or if it's appropriate to just learn from it and move on, or if it's appropriate for you or the, uh, the person uh, that isn't okay with it to leave that table, you know, because if that's, I, I never really suggest just leaving a table, uh, but if it comes down to it, you you're here to have fun that's the number one rule across every single tabletop role-playing game ever have fun and if you're not having fun you need to talk about it first and then figure out where to go from there whatever is good and appropriate for you and we actually had a character i mean no names but we had a character that left because we were our party our players that were, that play normally in our group are too chaotic and they couldn't handle that mm -hmm. and that's fine and yeah. I'm bad, and I'm sorry that she felt that way, but, I mean, it's just the way it works. It happens. Yeah. Uh, no hard feelings. 
that's fine. Uh, we do tend like like the group we play with do, does tend to be a little chaotic. And you know, I mean, the 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 person if if they're listening, um, if you ever want to play a different uh, style of game, absolutely, <laughs> I have yeah. no problems playing another type of game or uh, oh. a different play style. Uh, and that's yeah. just you know for listeners, that's that's the way you do it. Like maybe that campaign isn't the right one for you, but you still like the people; they're still your friends. So maybe have another game night and do a different type of campaign um, and, or maybe do uh, different one shots and things like that. Uh, it doesn't necessarily just have to be like, Oh, I left the table. I'm no longer friends with these eight people. That's not, that's not how it works all the time. <laughs> and that, that's not realistic, man. Cause you, if you're friends with people, if you don't like the, the game, if you don't like the game, that happens. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can't be friends with them anymore. Uh, yeah. Trust me. I play with a lot of people that, I don't want to play with them, but I can be friends with them. Mm-hmm. That, that, there's a whole different thing there. That, that's not what I'm saying. And the the whole thing with, with alignment, when you have chaotic, that's not predictable. To me, that means better role play uh, because I just love seeing people when they just get caught off guard with things. Mm-hmm. That's just my, my thing. I like that. I think it's fun. Yeah. Uh, but then you go from the morality to the way you think about things and, and you've got good, which I mean, to me, it, it, it's almost like, and this is from way back. It's, it's the goody two shoes. It's the, the person that thinks the best of everybody. Mm-hmm. Raven. Yeah. Like if she was like her herself would be good. Actually, she'd probably be lawful good. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair <laughs> I know <laughs> excuse me that's what what I think of it as it's like the good institution the person that does that thinks the best of everybody that does tries to do things for everybody they can that's that's the way I think about that part of the alignment good what about you um I think on the similar line especially given that you know, for instance, the Dungeons and Dragons uh, alignment has a neutral because if uh, on certain games that I've played and video games and things like that, sometimes they just have good and evil. Like um, uh, most of the newer Star Wars games, you're either light side or dark side. There's no like gray Jedi, uh, ex- except in like one video game that I can think of that has gray Jedi. So when you get into those situations where it's a yes or a no or a good or a bad, I tend to say that good is more of the somewhat neutral side of things. You know, they strive to be good, um, but they're not necessarily going to be good at the detriment of their own health. Whereas, Right. And games like that, I feel like it, it is strictly a game about good versus evil. And nine times out of ten, even the gray side sides with the good. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I tend I tend to play those. And I think that's because nine times out of ten, when it is when it is good guys versus bad guys, the bad guys are just so far gone and so so dark and and so evil that yeah, even gray uh, the gray side of things, you know, like when you look at the Sith, like you're either with me or you're against me. 
that whole line, you know, that's when even a gray Jedi would be like, all right, bud, you know, uh, I think you need to tone it down a little. Um, I think, uh, I think killing the younglings was probably the bad choice in this matter. Um, just a thought. <laughs> yeah. And then from the good, you got neutral. Of course, neutral to me is self-explanatory. It's just, you know, every man for himself. Yeah. Well, and I don't even think that it's necessarily every man for themselves. It's just that, you know, that's the side of things for me, especially in Dungeons and Dragons, where maybe they don't necessarily have a deity that, that they're following or the deity that they're following is a little more uh, laid back, a little chill. Um, you know, some of the neutral uh, neutral gods, like even AO, the god of gods in Dungeons and Dragons lore, he doesn't interact with the world, period. He's usually asleep. He's usually, you know, that one god that DMs are afraid to bring into their game because there's nothing you can actually do against the god. Because <laughs> he's yeah, just he's like, crazy. yeah, he's just, he's just the snap your fingers, you don't exist anymore, god. So when you have stuff like that... Which, which by D&D lore, he actually did to several gods, so... Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, when you have something like that, you're more you're a little more neutral um meaning that you're not necessarily going to advocate for anyone one side or the other um if if you're in a situation uh in a bar fight or something and one guy's stealing coin and the other guy's trying to get quote unquote justice you're not going to side with either one of them like both of them are technically right in their own way you know like oh well yeah he's stealing coin he must need it and oh, this guy wants justice. Yeah, it was his coin. Like, oh, well, that's the neutral side of things. <laughs> exactly. And that, that's the way I look at it, too. I mean, it's, and, and it doesn't mean as, as neutral characters, you can't have a group and you can't be fiercely protective of that group. Right. But it also doesn't mean that you have to be. And, and that's think, what neutral is. It, it could be either way. Yeah, and I think you exemplified that uh, really well in uh, Terra, because um, you you were neutral, but your inner circle, your party, and a couple, maybe a few NPCs that were in your circle, you would have fought to the death for them, but everyone else, it was like, well, I mean, if I can help, I will, but if it's like out of the way, I probably won't. <laughs> that, that's what I tried to do. I tried to be that with her, whereas Rick was a little more personable and would try to help people. Mm -hmm. And so that's, and they were both true neutral. Yeah. So it, it just showed both sides. And, exactly. and believe it or not, that's actually difficult to do. Well, it's also <laughs> difficult to play two different characters in the same game, but that's, <laughs> that's a story for another time. <laughs> exactly. So, and then you move from the true neutral to evil and it's like you said that's bloodlust that's greed that's that's basically the bad sins yeah <laughs> and but, you know that what that's what it's supposed to personify but you don't have to be cliche right and i think that that's that's where both of us uh agree the most on is that you don't necessarily have to take that you know evil trope um and just beat the dead horse into the ground eight feet under um you can take something you know like D, D lore for orcs 
they're technically evil. They're they're always the bad guy. You know, uh, there's very few stories where there's even like one good orc in the tribe. Um, and so it and it it does have to deal with um, the hold that Grumsh, their god, has on them, and the fact that they Grumsh literally created the orcs in his image. So there's a whole like lore story, and it's long and convoluted. And we're not going to get into it on this episode, but orcs have just predominantly been bad especially i mean look at uh tolkien's writing in the lord of the rings and the hobbit like orcs are bad you know goblins are bad but when you look at it more as a personality trait if he's just a greedy orc or the tribe is a greedy tribe then they're not necessarily evil they're just driven by their greed for more gold and they're willing to do more dark things in order to get the gold or the the spoils of war and things like that but if you look at it from the perspective of the orc or any other uh raiding type of race or character or humans in history they don't think that them they they themselves are evil (laughs) you know and 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 that's that's exactly the truth like they even evil characters think they're right and that's a, that's a thing. When you're playing an evil character, you have to get in the mindset that I am right all mm-hmm. the time. Because it's like, I mean, I can't remember who said it. All bad guys, everybody that's been um, on, the ba- on the losing side or the bad side of any war thought that they were right. Yeah. So if you play a character that's, I mean, you could be lawful evil. If you have that drive, drive, that drive towards uh, violence towards greed towards any of those you have to think you're right for doing that but yeah. that doesn't mean you're going to be completely cliche and just follow every trope you can for being an evil character yeah and going off of that just, um, uh, again on, on page 122 of, of Wizards of the Coast property the player's handbook uh, lawful evil as described from uh, D&D is creatures who methodically take what they want within the limits of a code of tradition, loyalty, or order. I mean, if you if you think about it, I mean, historically, um, I don't like bashing on, on Vikings too much, but, I mean, Vikings did a lot of raiding, but they had this strong loyalty and this tradition to themselves, to their, their families. And, and their god. And their gods. And, you know getting getting a little bit of extra silver from the neighboring priests across the pond it's not really a big deal and to them they were doing the right things for their gods right and when you look at history you know every single side has similar things we can it's we're not going to go there but there's like every every religion every culture every community that has ever crossed their own boundary has a similar historical talking point <laughs> on, on grabbing something that wasn't necessarily there. <laughs> the crusade. Yeah. You know, um, but, uh, you know, barring all of that, neither side really thought that they were evil, like Thorne said. Um, and I think that, especially in the fantasy setting, when you're looking at 
I'm going to play an evil character. Now, unless you're specifically saying I'm going to do an evil character or we're doing an evil campaign where we're just going to murder hobo everyone and everyone is against us, it doesn't matter. It's us against the world or worlds, depending on the campaign, then evil in itself, other than those examples, are not necessarily uh, stuck in stone just like the rest of them. I mean, it's we were talking about the chaotic evil being just driven by greed and hate and bloodlust. Well, you know, if you look at that, I mean, an Oathbreak Paladin or a Vengeance, uh, Oath of Vengeance Paladin, those could technically be evil. <laughs> well, yeah, and there's nothing saying they can't in 5e. Right. But the thing is, is, and I was thinking about this earlier when you were talking about it, was that like when I started with the original AD&D, if mm-hmm. you were a Paladin or a Cleric, you had to be lawful good. Right. And I think even in second edition that they wouldn't let clerics use bladed weapons. Right. You had to use a mace or a maul or a warhammer. Yeah. Had to. And that just drove me insane. Yeah. I mean, and, as cool as it is now to, to use those weapons, like when you're, when you're stuck in it, it sucks. <laughs> yeah. And it comes, to, I guess, to my chaotic nature. I don't like to be told what I can't use. Mm-hmm. So I, I will put those restrictions on myself, but I don't want you to put those restrictions on me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And listeners, I mean, really, like, the, we're, we're going, we're, uh, we're starting to go into circles, so we'll, we'll uh, end here pretty soon. But the biggest thing that I want, people to take away is that you need to have fun whether whether you're doing a you know if all five or six people that are at your table decide we're going to do a full cleric um party we're going to call it the amen um and we're going to do all clerics and all maws or all maces or something um that's fine if everyone wants to do that but also, uh, if one person doesn't, then there needs to be some kind of compromise. You know, hey, I don't, I'm not really feeling that. Let's let's make it a little bit more open. And you know, you can take it as far or as not far as you want. I mean, for my world, uh, anything goes, and I just adjust as it comes. And we've talked about it on other episodes. I'm leading a level twenty uh, campaign right now through. Uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen, a D&D module, and that module is really for level one through eight. So when these uh, level 20s come through and start bashing in heads, I throw in an ancient dragon on the first session. I throw in, you know, multiple enemies that they can't just kill right away. I throw in uh, uh, revenants and things like that that have like stupid high HP for their CR level. That's another story. <laughs> but at but, the same time, you, you did throw cannon fodder also to make it at least fun for people. Right. And that's the thing is, is sometimes when, when we're just, we want something cathartic. And I was actually just watching a YouTube channel uh, uh, or a YouTube personality, I guess. His name's Markiplier. I'm sure thousands of people who listen uh, um, 
know Markiplier, but he was playing a uh, a zombie game, and he was like, sometimes I just go into horde mode and just want to mow down zombies because it's fun. And he just goes in and, and he he shows us a level where there's like thousands of zombies. And he's like, see, I killed 1,700 zombies in like 10 minutes. It was fun. I had a blast. And sometimes we do that in Dungeons and Dragons. Like I've I've had it where we're not really feeling the RP and like, all right, cool. Let's uh, roll initiative and we're just going to dungeon crawl this cave really quick and go through ghoul after ghoul and find a beholder at the end of the tunnel and see where it, where it leads. Um so, you know, that's that's the other big thing that we focus on is, you know, having fun and listening to your table. I mean, your game can change night to night. It really it, it shouldn't matter. Um, and as as story weavers, we are. Yes, we need to be able to protect ourselves and we need to have fun in doing it. But as long as you're having fun, you are purely a facilitator for the story. You weave everyone else's backstories and every everyone else's goals and missions to make a story for everyone at the table. And that's my soapbox, and I'm going to hop off. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm sure we've got, we've got on, I don't want them to get bored, but, I mean, every, you'll find out when you're, if you're story weaving, that people tend, especially people that have been playing a while, tend towards a certain alignment. Mm-hmm. Illidine, what's your favorite alignment to play? Uh, I actually go for neutral good um, nine times out of ten, which is why, you know, recently I've been uh, playing around with other characters and other alignments. My very first character was true neutral, which was Illidine. Um, but I think that now that I've had enough stories with Illidine, he's kind of grown towards a chaotic neutral. Um, for sure. <laughs> um, so I think that if I was going to do something that I like to have a lot of fun with, it's going to be chaotic neutral and not because of the horror stories that are on uh, the subreddit RPG horror stories, because you, you, there is a line. And, you know, like we say about the DMs reading the table, read your, your friends tables as well. If you're going to do chaotic neutral and just do whatever you want, make sure that everyone's having fun. <laughs> Yeah, I, I tend towards, personally, I tend towards chaotic characters. That's my favorite character to play, and Tobin. Mm-hmm. Uh, very chaotic, uh, very neutral in, in, in a certain state, very protective of his friends, though. Right. Uh, that tends to be a character that I truly enjoy to play, which is why recently, and I've done, a, I've done this before, where I've, I've tried to play outside the box, uh, which is where Torn came out of, as a as a uh, lawful neutral, yeah, uh, and it I find them difficult to play because it's not my comfort zone, but it can be fun. Mm-hmm. And I thought I I thought I did pretty well with them, but I I still tend towards chaotic players because my natural instinct is chaotic. Right, and that's the thing. I I think that that's the last thing we'll we'll end on is that. You know, if you're having fun, it doesn't matter what your alignment is, just have fun. And that's why we say alignment is fluid, because you can go back and forth. You can make a lawful good decision in a session and five to ten minutes later make a chaotic evil uh, decision in the same session. And that could look like uh, in the town of Grenadier, um, 
the law is not to kill wyverns and somebody killed a wyvern and you bring them to justice that would be considered a lawful good decision but maybe the person that did kill the wyvern was your 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 fated enemy and you you have sworn vengeance on him for killing your father well now you're not going to take him to justice you're going to kill him and burn his eyes out and go on with more body horror so you can make the same decision in the same session for different alignments um and your character could be a lawful good but because of his you know sworn vengeance he makes one chaotic evil decision instead so i think that that's the biggest thing that i want as a takeaway is just your alignment is fluid it's all it's all um it's just out there like just just have fun <laughs> what about you yeah that, that it's, it's all fluid i mean basically they're people the characters you're playing are people and and people are unpredictable they're they're fluid, their their attitudes change. Right. Especially as, as time goes on, your attitudes can change. So it's you have to let them be people. You can't hold them because I've had uh, DMs that have been like, Oh, you're this you're this alignment, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. No, I can because I said so. Yeah. So I mean that's that's what you as a story with story lever, that's what you have to understand is it's fluid. Let your characters play what they want, and if they keep doing stuff that's against their alignment, at, at a certain point, you can say, okay, hey, why don't you change your alignment to this because that's what you're playing. That's the magic right there. If they're doing something over and over again that is towards chaotic evil, or if, you know, like we said about the three characters that were in my in my campaign, they specifically wanted a... Um, a slow descent into madness they started at at a neutral good and moved their way to chaotic evil uh and you know it never really came to fruition but they they went so far as to uh, their character had made a pact with a, a vampire lord and was borderline doing some genocide stuff and we didn't we didn't get into it but you know if you're allowing that into your game it, it's not for everybody you can allow them to change the alignments as they go towards an evil or to good. You can have an e- a, a chaotic evil character if you were going to take it, you know, red is written uh, from the law of Dungeons and Dragons, orcs are chaotic evil. You can have that orc eventually become a lawful good character and potentially multi-class into paladin if you really wanted to go that route. Yeah, that's that's a big thing. Is it can go both ways because evil characters can go good. Yeah. It happens if they're having fun. Let it happen. Yeah, and that's if, the thing you got to do. Stories. Yeah, and it, and if it's really that hard, you know, because there's nothing wrong with you know if you have if you're set in your ways and you you think alignment is alignment, then take alignment out. Don't have it in your game. Period. If that's the way it's going to go don't railroad somebody into a certain uh ethic or morality based on your own perception of the way it should be let them do what they want to do so if if alignment is something that is going to be a point of contention 
that was the word I was looking for earlier in the, the episode. Um, <laughs> so if it's going to be a point of contention, um, take it out and then just solely let the players work on their personality traits, their ideals and their flaws. And then remember one of the biggest things that I've learned, uh, re- especially in recent years of DMing is reward your players for playing to their character give them an inspiration give them a blessing from their god something like that that if they're if they're really role playing that that character flaw you know then let them have it (laughs) give them a win oh and i've done it to where if the characters play to their you know flaws or anything so well that it just blows me away i'm like Okay, everything works out for you. Yeah. That's great. That was awesome. That was amazing. Like Reward them. Move. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that was or even even Forrest with the the in the world of darkness with the, the evil werewolf pack. That was oh, yeah. The way he played that, the way everybody played that, it was amazing. Yeah. We'll have and to we'll like, have to tell that story in the uh, the bonus content. Oh yeah, okay. And that was just like it, it struck me so because that was supposed to go way worse <laughs> and so if your characters do that reward them yeah that's the biggest thing reward have fun everything's fluid and uh, you'll you'll be golden and you don't have to worry about it anymore um if you liked this con- uh, content give us a like and a follow shoot us a comment or an email uh you can uh find us on podbean at This Dungeon is Occupied. If you're listening on Spotify or Google Podcasts, you can like and comment on the episode and I'll get the notification. If you feel like looking for us, we're on Facebook uh, and we're also on a website, candremporium.com. It's kind of like our our pseudo sponsor uh, website. And uh, we also have a Patreon if you feel like supporting. Uh, We thank all of our, our Patreon listeners and supporters Uh, but you can find us at patreon.com slash occupied dungeon and have fun. Good luck on your next game. And remember to check your dungeons because this dungeon is occupied.